Welcome to Backstage 421, the musicians-only podcast with your host, author, and music lover, Charles Campbell. Charles will have an awesome array of guests from many genres of music, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. By the way, Ray Mattis is the composer of this awesome intro music. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Backstage 421. I am your host, small town horror author and music lover, Charles Campbell. And today I have a very special guest, a guy I've admired for a little while. Um, he got the incredible opportunity uh, this past uh, couple months ago to play with one of my all time favorite artists. Uh, you guys, if you know me, you know who I'm talking about. He got to play with Jen Wigmore. And I want Joe to tell me all about that during this podcast. But welcome to the show, Joe Walsh. Hey, how are you? Not, not the uh, Eagles, Joe Walsh. We should clarify that right at the start, as I have to do with most interviews. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's funny you say that, and I think you even mentioned that. I, I did a Facebook promo post, and one of my friends went crazy. Oh, you have Joe Walsh coming, and, yeah. and then uh, the young Joe Walsh. Yeah, it happens. It happens for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all right, man. Well, I, I really in, enjoyed uh, you from afar, and I've seen some of the things that you've done over the course of Jen's tour. But what I want to dive into is Joe, you know, uh, yeah. if you could let me and the listening audience know uh, just a little bit more about your background and kind of how you got into music and became a musician. Yeah, so I'm originally from Ireland, um, grew up in Belfast. Um and had really, really young parents, like outrageously young parents, like teenage young, um, and who were just mad into music, like incredibly into music, massively into David Bowie and T-Rex and just real, you know, when music was really firing and they were, you know, they were so young, soaking up music at the age I was, but I was around at that stage for them. So they just... Uh, like listening to records at night and stuff that that was just like a normal day to me as a child. So just became enamored with music. And then I guess probably 14 or 15, um, just really started to play guitar a bit more serious and, uh, got away from sports. I think all kids at that age wanted to play, well, where I come from, you wanted to play Gaelic football or soccer, but, um, yeah, I just fell in love with the guitar side of things. And uh, so, yeah, I guess um, 18 or 19, I did what we call Aussies, Kiwis, Irish stuff, call it your OE, which is your overseas experience. It's not really an American thing, I don't think, but you, you, you get a chance to get like a one-year visa, like a working holiday visa. If you're Irish, you can go to Australia for a year or you can go to New Zealand for a year and you can work. So a lot of people do that and vice versa. So I went to Australia when I was 18 or 19 and um, just fell in love with the culture of playing music live. Uh, got a gig playing in some pubs and fell in love with the Aussie and Kiwi music when I was not really... Uh, open to it and Ireland wasn't hearing anything like that. And I just fell really in love with it. Cause I think music in the UK and Ireland had become quite diluted at the time. It was sort of that, uh, Stockaken and Waterman sort of thing was coming in. I don't know if you're party to that, but that sort of Kylie Minogue and Rick Astley. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 
So yeah. I was more, I wanted to be Slash or, <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. And, uh, and he, that, that had sort of passed on. So I found all this music in Australia and New Zealand that I loved. And um, I ended up back in Ireland anyway after my visas ran out and was playing was playing music in an Australian Kiwi uh, bar in Dublin in Ireland, believe it or not, because I'd, um, I'd fallen in love with the music. So I've had this gig playing these songs, playing all these songs of people I would meet later in life, which was crazy. But, um, and what came from that was getting some support slots opening for big Aussie and Kiwi bands. Um, and I opened for a band called The Exponents, who were a New Zealand band who I'd never heard of at the time. Um, and we instantly just headed off as friends. Jordan, the singer, is pretty iconic over here. And Brian, the guitar player, me and him just clicked. And um, that sort of led to, that was 2005. And that led to a lot of late night uh, drunken phone calls, you know, late night in Ireland, early morning <laughs> here, early morning, right. or late night here, that sort of thing. And um jordan was as i say was a singer in a band called the exponents but he was uh going they were sort of ending and he was going to carry on that flame but not use the exponents name so he started a band called the jordan luck band which was basically playing all the exponent songs and carrying on the touring and any, everything and he the premise of the jordan luck band was that everyone in the band had been in a band or a or an artist that had opened for the exponents along the way. So I sort of was asked, did I want to come to New Zealand? And the adventure in me just said, fuck yeah. I don't know. Can I swear on this? Charles? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. I, and my girlfriend at the time in Ireland. Who's Did you hear Jen's life? podcast? I'm just cutting yeah. off. She's well, yeah. I mean, so yeah, you're good. But the issue there was you could have told Jen not to swear and she would have swore right through it anyway. So. Yeah. Well, she relaxed after that because she was trying to be all prim and proper. And I said, like, uh, cut that shit out. Just talk like her friend. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, my, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, Jen, didn't need a visa to come to New Zealand because she's Australian. So we just uh, we just up sticks, you know, have guitar, well travel sort of thing. Came here in 2006 and been in the Jordan Luck band ever since and um, and formed my own band, Echo Park, which is basically just my own songs and my own outlet of my own music. But my real sort of career has always been playing guitar for other people. Um, so, yeah, that's how I found myself in New Zealand and instantly fell in love with it over here. Like I've traveled all over the world since I was 18 or 19, all through Europe. I've been all over the world, but never really got attached the way I did straight away to New Zealand. Just really, Brian from the JLB would say it's like a kindred spirit thing. You know, I just sort of right. found where I put my feet down here and felt like home straight away. And um, yeah, I've just, I've been here now coming up on 17 years. And Oh, nice. Yeah, it's just life changing in, in every way from, you know, musically and just growing up and finding my feet as a person and everything i think it's just new zealand has brought all that out in me really well i tell you i will give you this a uh, big kudos uh you win the award for the best backdrop of any of my podcasts i love <laughs> i love the backdrop it's beautiful yeah so this so, is uh we're on a little island um about 40 minutes off the coast of new zealand i live in a little island called waiheke 
Uh, Jen's oh. mom lives out here, actually, believe it or not. So during this nice. tour, we had we had a few good uh, good days on the island with Jen and her mom, and Davy came over and stayed with us here. So yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful spot. We've been here about five years now. I think we've lived on this this little this Waiheke Island. Yeah, so about forty about forty minutes off the coast from Auckland. That's nice. That's really nice, and uh, uh, I love the surroundings. I just love yeah, it. Yeah, it's very peaceful. It's cool. It's lovely. Yeah, well, I, I like peaceful. Uh, yeah. My wife and I, we were going on a vacation to a very peaceful beach. It's not crowded. Uh, nice. It's really, where, it's really where old people go, but it's a Gulf beach in the United States. It's in Venice, oh, cool. Florida. But uh, I say it's where old people go, but I'm turning into one of those old people. So Are it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about Echo Park because I want to get into – your music and then i definitely want to talk about the tour with jen and what you've done with her but i want to talk about joe and and uh tell me about echo park and what i can you know where i can find your stuff yeah basically um it 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 dealt from me uh when i was doing those acoustic support slots for like for the exponents and jimmy barnes and those guys i mentioned it was basically me playing my songs that i had written acoustically um but i'd always loved the idea of being in a in a band um even if you're the sort of chief songwriter but like and not i i just wanted to be i, I just loved bands you know like i i love the idea of being part of a tribe or something you know when 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 you know 20 years ago or whatever when i was starting out i just felt like I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted to be in a band. So when I moved to New Zealand and had some sort of stability here and really got thrown into the music community, um, I was surrounded by musicians here. So I was able to sort of take those Joe songs and elevate them to to band songs and bounce them off people. And so that's what sort of became Echo Park. Um, and uh, that's that's what's still going today. I mean, we've had a couple of lineup changes from the early days, but been pretty steady now um, for a few years. Um, and it's just evolved. Uh, again, it's sort of been my I, I bring the, the the guts of the songs in, or the skeleton of the songs in. But Nick, the drummer, has been in the band for like ten years. Uh, Brian, actually from the Jordan Luck band, plays guitar but he plays bass with echo um so it's a whole different outlet for him as well so it's basically just our our little uh rock and roll outlet of 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 getting um different songs out there so we've got jesse on guitar who's amazing um female guitar player here so really exciting to play with different bunch of musicians and we've done pretty well i've been up for rock band of the year a couple of times here and stuff in new zealand so we've, we've been ticking along really well and releasing quite a lot of music and done three albums um but yeah it's 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 not on the scale of jordan Luck band or jen but it's it's um it's just a awesome band to be part of and we're just uh doing our thing shall we say but it's it's great um i love that especially i think what excites brian from the Jordan Luck Band is he's not doing his guitar thing in Echo, so right. it's exciting to him. And for me, playing a style of guitar with Jen and a style of guitar with Jordan, it's completely different in Echo, so it's a completely different outlet for me. So it's it's really everything's exciting, you know. There's it nothing keeps things fresh, right? Keeps things it's fresh. fresh and fresh and exciting and and different. All three of my 
current musical outlets are very different. So it's really, it is fresh is a good word for it. It's really exciting and yeah, it's awesome. Keeps me, keeps me inspired, shall we say. Well, this is a question I ask authors, authors and uh, musicians, especially songwriters. Um, and I, I, I'm not sure what your experience is in, in the songwriting aspect. I'm sure you have a lot of experience in that realm. So I want to ask you this question. What is your process when you put a song together from writing it to getting it to, uh, to the listener? Um, do you have it's, a standard flow you follow or is it different every time? Not really. I, it's, it's kind of strange for me. I think I'm not technically trained, so I don't have, I don't have the, the, the technical, that sort of classical technical ability, ability to say, teach guitar. I couldn't do that. Um, right. I don't have that training. I don't really, I mean, I think I have the knowledge to a degree, but I don't have the knowledge on a technical level to be able to write music down or read music or whatever. Um, so I, for me, it, it, it can be as simple as reading a book, especially like I might read a line and it will be like, wow, what a, you know, that could become a, a part of a lyric or something. And I'll pick the guitar up and I'm not someone who can, I know musicians who'd be like, right, in three weeks' time, we're going to go and book a house and we're going to go and write songs. I was like, no, that's, <laughs> that's, there's no way I could do that. I just couldn't do that. But I could be like, I could be sitting on the ferry. I could be on a plane and, and an idea will come. And I think what I meant by not being trained is I don't, I don't need to, I just hear things in my head. I don't need to break them down technically, if that makes sense. Like I can hear it's a similar song. similar to a lot of authors and myself. Right. I can hear a melody or I can hear a chorus and I'll sing it into my phone or even drum beats. Uh, me and Nick have a great synergy with Echo. Like I can hear a drum beat and if I can get that out of my head and Nick starts playing, I can play over it. So I, I don't really have a set way of doing it. I, I'm sure it probably infuriates the more technical guys in the bands I'm in bands with because I try to explain <laughs> what's in my head and they look at me like I've got two fucking heads. Like, and especially the, the two bands, like Jordan, uh, Brian, especially in the Jordan Luck band and Davey in, in Jen's band are like the conductors, like both right. bands are the right. conductors, you know, and, and both unbelievable. Um, oh, fucking Dave's how they amazing, see, man. Oh, dude, yeah. just how he sees a song is so much different to me. And it's, it's yeah. been such a great learning curve for me. And the, his, him and Brian are very similar, like incredible backing vocalists, incredible guitar players. So I sort of come in and sit under that. And I guess I'm the engine of, of things and keep things driving along, which I really um, excel at. But like trying with songwriting, it's different for me because I don't, again, I, I don't have that um the way mark does or dave does to sort of get technical about it a song just comes it's just be like yeah that's yeah, you, that's cool you have me. something and, though because um i'm very similar in the way that i write I'm, I'm i don't outline i have a beginning and an end but i want to bring up something because it reminded me of something you said you could you know read a book and see a, a line in a book well jen released uh a little single a few years back. I don't know if you've heard it. I know I will die in the silence. Um, right. Yeah. And I listened to that and I have the little vinyl and I said, that would be a great fucking title of a book. Yeah. And it spun in my head, spun in my head, spun in my head. 
I released, and I released, I know I will die in the silence, the Berryman in 2018. And the idea for that book came from that song from the, wow, from yeah. The, the, yeah. So it's yeah. very similar because a it, big one, a big one for me that I've, I've done for years, um, is to, I, I say, I find a movie, um, that I love that really touched me or really affected me. I put myself in the position of one of the characters and, and sort of, and I don't follow the arc of the movie or the book. Um, I sort of go, well, this is what I might do, or this is what I thought was going to happen. So like, uh, case in point, one of the singles off our last album was called Uh Oh. Um, and it's just, it sounds like a pop punk song, but the lyrics actually from a movie called um, Three Billboards. Uh, outside of Ebbing, Missouri, which is an, an amazing American movie. Um, and uh, I was so blown away by the movie. It's probably the, I think I've done this twice in my life, but I walked out of the cinema and walked straight up to the ticket office and bought another ticket and I went straight back in and watched it again. So I watched it twice oh, wow. in a row. And the second time I wrote the lyric, but it, the song sounds like a happy little pop punk song, but it's actually, uh-oh. And it was, I the character is like deciding the character is, has decided he's going to kill someone. And I, and he, he feels he's righteous in it. It's like a vengeance killing. And right. He, right. He, he's, he's going to kill this person because he feels like this person doesn't deserve to live because of the crimes this person's committed. So I, I sort of put myself in this situation in the car where he's talking about this at the end of the, of the movie, he's like sort of gone, you know, uh Oh, we're going to, we're going to go and kill someone here. And I thought, what a fucking mad arc to be in. So I was like, right, I'm going to put myself in this position. So I'm, I'm contemplating killing someone in that song and all people are singing along to it and going, Oh, oh and it sounds like a fucking Blink-182 song or something. But the lyric is me deciphering how I'm going to go and kill someone. It's fucking mad. But that's, oh, I dude. love that. I love that. I have of, got to hear that. So can yeah. I find that on? Uh, yeah, find there's it? a video for video for that on YouTube. Yeah, it's called Uh Oh U H O O H. Yeah, but yeah, it's basically and, like um, it's an amazing movie. If you haven't seen the movie, definitely watch it. I, it's, I have it not. Feels, I jotted it down when you said it. So yeah, it I'll feels it, it feels like one of those movies that um moves along like you're reading a book. You know, you, I don't feel like I'm sitting watching a a movie per se you get really pulled into the characters and stuff it's amazing yeah it's a beautiful movie well it's awesome man because if it compelled you to get up immediately and buy another ticket and walk right back yeah. in you know that's it was amazing yeah that was that, really that is that's something yeah so i'm gonna bring this up to the audience uh, i i have been favoring kiwis a lot since uh i've, I've met jen and, and become yeah. a big fan and I've had a few on the show, and I had Mario Greger on a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, awesome tattoo artist. So, yeah, on my, hey, my leg. Yep, yep. And I, I was <laughs> going to bring that up. So, what brought you into the uh, into the Gin Tribe? How did you connect with Gin? And uh, so, the I this is a mad thing. I've been such a huge fan of Gin's music. Um, I think even like in, in a couple of my yearly, I do like a thing facebook or whatever at the end of the year favorite albums ivory was my favorite album of 2018 and um i just i just loved their music but i've, I've actually known davy for years years and years and years but we'd never 
we'd never played in the same band together. Um, but what actually happened was it, we're talking, um, I'm going to say 2020, uh, uh, 21 was cancelled. No, 22 was cancelled. So no, 2021, it was 2021. Um, when New Zealand uh, had completely closed its borders and we got COVID down to zero, um, we basically, so our summer is your winter. So we basically had our summer touring season. So all the big concerts, all the big winery gigs, all the big um, outdoor festivals all happened. We were the only country in the world that were having, you know, 20,000 people at concerts and stuff. So Jen, um, Jen came back to New Zealand with Jay and the kids um, because of a a winery tour here called, oh, it's not even a winery tour. It's called the Greenstone Tour. Amazing um, annual tour here that normally has big international acts. Like I think last year it was like Billy Idol and uh, Stone Temple Pilots and they've, they've had like all sorts of huge artists. But But that particular year, they kept the tour going, but it was only Kiwi acts. Um, for the first time ever, it was only New Zealand artists because we were all here and the, the, the borders were closed. But right. Jen was obviously able to come in um, because she's Kiwi and Dave was able to come in. So and they did the quarantine and all that sort of stuff. So what actually, just one of those sliding doors movement um, moments, Charles, was um, it went from... I think there was some Aussie acts possibly going to be on the bill. And then it was like, no, the borders are completely closed. So it ended up being Jordan Luck Band, Jen Wigmore, um, and a few other big Kiwi artists. Um, so it was a, it went from being a big international festival to a New Zealand artist festival, and Jen was headlining it. Um, so we ended up doing some shows together. And then she, I think she just saw me on stage with Jordan and, Dave, Dave had to go back to New York and it was impossible for him to get back. Um, it was a big show at a, a festival that Jen really wanted to do in Wellington, which was, I'm going to say like four or five weeks after that Greenstone tour. So right. she Dave stayed, couldn't stay. yeah. Dave couldn't stay in New Zealand. He had to go back to New York. So um, at one of those shows, Dave said, fuck man, you, sh you could you jump in for me in this game, this gig in Wellington? And I, I got chatting to Jen and she was like, oh yeah, I think you'd be cool for this. So it it was a festival called Peachy Keen and it was at a, a really iconic um, cricket, what they call a cricket oval here, like a, a football stadium, but it's for cricket in Wellington, really old, um, beautiful old stadium. And it was completely, um, it was, all the acts were female leads, all the crew were female. It was one of a kind sort of thing. It was the first one. Yeah. So Jen obviously really wanted to be involved in that. So she stayed on and Dave went back and I, I jumped in for that gig. So I was initially in just for, for one gig, but um, I had such a blast, man. It was, it was just, it was such a different way of, of working for me and uh, musically and playing, right. you know, I've been in the Jordan Luck band now for 14, 15 years. Um, so, and I'm not a session musician or anything. I, I don't I haven't played with anyone else. So right, right, right. It was just it was just jumping in, um, and because Jen had seen me play with Jordan, she knew sort of what I was about on stage, and 
how I sort of fucking let myself go crazy up there and play. So she was kind of like, yeah, just come and do that with me and and uh, we'll do some rehearsals and see how it went. So we did um, we did that gig and it was fucking, it was awesome. Um, and I felt really comfortable in it, felt really on, you know, like um, I felt like I was, I was right for those songs, you know? So it was really, it was fucking really, really cool. Made a great night. And then that was, that was that. Um, and then the, so the tour then got announced for the next March, but that was well, the one. Thank that you, Dave, for having to fly to New York. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, Dave was kind of like, I want you to play really well, but I don't want you to play really fucking well. And I was like, okay, Dave. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's strange because I'm a different guitar player to Dave. So there was a bit of, yeah, kind of finding our feet with, with the songs. Um, but Jen's really into vibe on stage and stuff. And, you know, I I knew I could I could deliver once I'd sort of got my head around what she, where she saw my, my place being in, in, um, in the band for that for that show but then that yeah so i believe that the the tour we just did was supposed to happen last year and then it fully got cancelled because covid did get us really bad um in new zealand that so that's correct because we were going to yeah. talk about that in the podcast that's how i was promoting it you know we we're going to talk about our upcoming tour yeah and then, uh diane reached out to me and said there's no tour but she's still coming on your podcast i said well yeah. thank you <laughs> yeah so i think that that's yeah that's that, that's what happened and then um so yeah we just stayed in touch and and dave was coming down for this whole tour so we we just basically um talked about it and she was like yeah i'd love you to come and do more shows i was fucking all about it and yeah absolutely it was amazing um so yeah and and obviously the first show was kind of strange because Dave wasn't there, you know, he's the conductor of all things gin on the stage. So it was, uh, it was, a, it was a, it was a completely different experience this whole tour because Dave was there. It was kind of like, I felt part of it uh, probably a bit more because you probably um, felt more relaxed too. Yeah. I would assume. Dave, yeah. yeah. Cause you know that, you know, Dave's keeping the fucking train on the track. So you, you, you can, you can sort of and meld into it a loose. bit more. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. So that's probably a long winded way of no, telling no, no, you no. onto no, it. <laughs> that, no, that's, that's perfect because I, I want to know a little bit more and, and we're definitely going to get back into Joe centric stuff, but uh, uh, I want to say, I, I want to know how you met up with uh, Mario. I talked to Mario a little bit on the podcast. Yeah. He told me the story, but uh, I love that's that guy. Mad. Yeah. What He's a cool, pretty, cool guy. Dude. I don't yeah. have, a, I don't have any ink on my body in, I would love for him to put ink on my body. Yeah, uh, I'm fucking. I'm I'm like Jim yeah. covered in oh, yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, man. But so, yeah. tell me how you guys connected with Mario because I'm kind of jealous of Mario, man. That was pretty amazing. He got an amazing experience. So I think it it stemmed from he did an amazing portrait of Jin on someone, right? Oh yeah, Isn't, Stu. He's on our fan right. page. His name is Stu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I believe that's maybe where it. I, yeah, I, like. I was, I was more honestly, dude. I was, I was just, I was head down into learning these songs, and then fucking Jen goes, "Oh, Mario's coming to Homegrown," and I was like, "Awesome, you know, can we book in with him or something?" She was like, "Oh, we'll just get him to back t tattoo this 
backstage. And I was like, fuck, this is mental. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, and Homegrown was a bit wild. It's a huge festival here. It's like one of the two biggest in, in the country. Rhythm and Vines would be the other big one, which is New Year's Eve. But right. Homegrown's massive, like five stages, thousands of thousands of people. But we were, there was just a, you could just feel leading into Homegrown. We were really up for it. The gin, gin and uh, us were really, really fucking up for it. So I was really focused on the gig. Um, just, it was going to be a throw and what we call a throw and go as well. Um, there was no sound check or anything. So it was just like, get up there and do your shit. So it was, yeah. th those can go one of two ways. You know, they can either fucking, you start off the tracks and you just keep going off the tracks or you, or you, or you just fucking jump in with, you know, with two feet and you, you, you start swimming and, you know, ultimately. So you am I hear you say it could be really fucking amazing or it could be a shit show. Yeah, they can be exactly. They can be, <laughs> it, it can, it can go exactly one of two ways. I always feel those gigs, but we were, we were fucking amazing. It, it just felt like it from the start. It just felt like one of those really amazing gigs. Um, so I, I was backstage again. I think it was writing set lists or something. And then Mario comes in. And I'm like, fuck yeah, you're the tattoo guy. And we got chatting and his partner was there. Um, and then the next thing we got the call for stage, um, and then Jen's like, oh no, I, I remember what happened now. earlier in the day. Jen's like, we're, we can't really get tattooed. Backstage was like revolving right. dressing rooms. Too so stuff it, going on. it was just, it wasn't going to work. So I was like, I just fucking give him my, give him my room key. So he fucked off to my room and set up all his tattoo stuff and everything nice. while we were on while we were getting ready to go on stage. And then he came back for the show, saw us, saw the show. And then the next thing we're all back at my room and I'm getting tattooed. And then Davey got, Jen got tattooed and then Davey got tattooed. That is it fucking, fucking amazing, madness. Man. It was madness. Awesome. It was God. so crazy. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen that up close, it man. Was, that, that is it, fucking awesome. It was, it was wild. It was, fucking, it was, <laughs> it was so Jen though, you know, it was like, it's i love that like she's just like yeah which yeah man we'll just get fucking tattooed after the big sweet ass i'm like this is fucking amazing like, <laughs> nice so good yeah oh man so cool well you've got tons of experience touring uh i gather that uh yeah so i just want to put you on the spot a little bit is there a story or two that sticks out in your brain that the listening audience may get a kick <laughs> out of uh, and it could be anything, man. You, you don't have to name names if you don't want to, but uh, I, I want something juicy if you have it. Um, Jesus, yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. You can no, think I mean, there's, it. yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, a, a lot of stuff's quite relevant to New Zealand, so it might just be a bit weird, but um, well, believe it or not, since I've had Jen on and all the Kiwis, New Zealand is my second ranked uh, listening location. Oh, no so shit. United, yeah. Awesome. So it's the United States is number one and New Zealand is number two. Number three is Germany uh, for oh, some right. reason. Number cool. four is Australia. So uh, you're going to have Kiwis uh, listening to this. Well, I love it. Uh, I'll, I'll put my thinking cap on and I'll come back to you with something <laughs> juicy, something juicy, but it's not going to get me arrested either. So. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, tell me, uh, what are you working on now? Uh, are you working on any, anything in the studio? Do you have anything that you're, you know, collaborating? We just with released, we just released, uh, 
the latest Echo Park single. We recorded all those uh, before the Gen Tour started. Um, so the plan for that is for, we're going to release four singles over the next uh, probably six months, I think. Um, but then, um, then I'm, I'm away. I've got basically a couple of months and then I'm back, uh, and our, we've got an annual, what we call winter tour, um, August, September, October happening with the Jordan Luck band, where we do crazy amount of gigs and hit all these small little towns that we can't do in the summer. Cause it's, we do all the bigger sort of winery thousands of people gigs in the summer, but they, we, we get, we take the Jordan Luck band around all the small towns and do little bars, a couple of the venues that we did on the gin tour as well. Um, so that, that runs that usually all, every winter I'm fully in with that. So that runs from 17th of August all the way through to the 14th of October, believe it or oh, not. Wow. So a lot of shows. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's coming up. Heading off to oh, actually, I'm going to see Jay's band, uh, Jen's husband's band in yeah. Tokyo. So I'm going over to Japan in July. So we're going to see them at Fuji Rock in Japan. I've seen some posts recently on Instagram. So is he getting ready to kick that off? Yeah, I think they started with the new lineup just this past weekend. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is another question I ask a lot of musicians, and I think I asked Jen this question, and I'm sure I asked Brooke uh, from French for Rabbits. If you haven't heard of them, go check them out too. Brooke yeah, Singer awesome. is fucking amazing. Yeah, love so her. Good. Living or dead, um, what current musician, uh, artist, band would you like to collaborate with, and maybe a musician that has passed who has left us that you would have loved to have worked with? I, I absolutely fucking love idols actually so i've got the t-shirt on i can see uh english band i would i would i mean i don't even know where i would fit in i'd probably have to play fucking triangle or something because I, I don't know where I would fit in. <laughs> but i'd love i'd love to um do something with idols i just i just think they're the most important rock band in the world right now um and past, see, I'm a massive, huge David Bowie fan, but I think I would just, I would freeze. I would, I would have nothing to give Bowie. He'd be like, get this fucking joker out of here. So I would have to say, who would I, somebody that's passed, I would love to have played with. Um, do you know, I reckon Amy Winehouse would have been fucking awesome to tour with. Oh, that's a great one. I love yeah, Amy Winehouse. Playing guitar for Amy Winehouse would have been really cool, I reckon. Man her voice is so i can hear it just, in my head right now She's, yeah it's it's that natural ability that jen's got it it's yeah, just jen's that, got it too man yeah it's, you just that ability to it's like it, it transcends uh yeah. trying to sing you just hope they just open their mouth and it's like um we do this sort of reworked version of Hangover Halo on this tour and just I'm playing pretty uh, sparse acoustic on yeah. it on this, on this tour. And um, so I can sort of take in everything because it's, it's quite simple. I'm just sort of sitting on there everything and just watching Jen every night sing that. It's just like, it's like fucking. Yeah, it's just, she did an alternate version of that in um, 
the Moroccan lounge. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it was the same version you guys did, but it was it's an alternate similar. version. Yeah, we changed it up a little bit um, just because of the style of, of players, I think. But uh, right. she also did this. Um, she wrote a song about two or three weeks before the first show of the tour, which um, I think Dave really said to her to, she should do it. And she did it every night, just her and an acoustic guitar. And it was like, fucking hell, man. It's just, it's like, it's amazing for me because I get to, I get to be part of it and yeah and then when she just sings by herself acoustically i get to be a fan for that those five minutes that stand side of stage and just be like "Fuck, this is unbelievable yeah you know? she fucking blows me away man every yeah time amazing. i hear i told her on the podcast i'd listen to her sing the fucking dictionary so i'm so biased yeah. it's fucking ridiculous it's just like it's that it's that ilk of of performer like amy and jen and those people that can just deliver vocals like that and just totally in awe of it's unbelievable yeah. amazing yeah it can't be taught i don't think it just it's there you know yeah. i mean it can be nurtured and all that sort of stuff but i think yeah either you have it or you don't right at the start you know exactly exactly i mean um like amy and jen's included all they need they don't even need an instrument their voice is their instrument they can sing acapella and people would fucking love it yeah uh, but the more stripped amazing. down it is the better it sounds to me uh, yeah it's <laughs> a great that's amazing thing with with jen too like there's it, like a um it's very different to i was discussing this at the weekend actually it's a very different audience um to jordan luck band jen's audience is like there's a real journey with the show where you can um you can go from like kill of the night where it's it, it's fucking chaos and it's right. everything's you know it's electric and it's big and davy's off doing his stuff and i'm yeah. doing my stuff and it's massive and jen's sort of fucking pushing that and it, it sounds massive and then you can drop right down to hangover halo and and the audience are just go from like this is oh, the yeah. last night a night on earth this is fucking amazing to like totally there was a point where we did hangover halo and one of the little shows in gizzy and it was just when we reintroduced the chorus after this sort of solo piece we put in it was just fucking silent and like eerily silent it was amazing it just the whole level of it was just silent and then jen's waiting to come back in and nobody's on their phones or any of that shit everyone was just so present and it was like fuck what a gift man you know you gotta those moments are um few and far between in, in the modern gigging world i think because i'm, I'm going to sound like the old man that you talked about earlier charles but like <laughs> the difference having phones shoved in your face compared to not having them is it's, it's unbelievable and jen's audience is just like that it's fucking amazing it's they they follow they follow the arc of the that she the the the, the waves well, of the gig that jen puts you through should they follow it it's fucking it's amazing really special it's awesome it it absolutely is and i've been fortunate enough to see her a handful of times and meet her a few times so yeah you're right a jen audience is different uh mm, for the most awesome. part uh and yeah they're, they're great shows she never disappoints and i'm so glad and happy for you that you got to go on that extended tour with her um yeah 
That was, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. So what are some of the challenges you've faced as a musician coming up? I know you've had to have a few in your in your lifetime. I'm 54 years old, so I remember the old concerts where you could flick your bick and hold them up in the air, and there yeah. were no phones. Yeah. But uh, for you, what are, what are some of the challenges you've faced coming up as a musician? I, I mean, it's just... If you have any. Yeah, no, I, I guess it's just, uh, you know, everyone talks about the industry and the grind of it and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it, you, you, you got to, it's really, it's really easy to be disheartened, I think, you know, like, it's really, you know, you, you pour your heart and soul and especially if it's just your own music, you pour, pour your heart and soul into it. And, um, you know, I'd love to be doing big extended tours with Echo, you know, there's, but you, you, you I guess you just, yeah, I, I do, it, I do, it sounds cheesy, but I do it for the love of it. And I'm really, really, really lucky that I've been able to do it in a way that is sustainable um, financially and, and with my life. So I've, I've been really lucky with that. And I know it's finite, you know, I know it doesn't, this doesn't go on forever. So I, I just love, I love every fucking second of it to be, to be truthful. Um, I think Jordan said to me about fucking 15 years ago, he was like, you play for the people, people that are there, not for the people who are not, you know, you can right. see, you can see artists get, I've definitely seen it at some gigs where, you know, it might not have sold out and the artist is pissed off from the minute he gets on stage and the minute he gets off and you're like, fuck, you know, I've seen some mailed in shows in my lifetime and they suck. Yeah. <laughs> but I, no, I, I've been really lucky, man. I've got no, I mean, the challenges are the challenges with any, with anything, but you know, you, it's kind of like, you know, I, I suppose the old question is, do you think you've made it? But what the fuck does that even mean? You know, like if you're not striving to keep playing and get better and that's definitely one thing that's been amazing for me with Jane is was the challenge of a completely different structure of songs and the way she writes and and um, just very different to Echo songs are very different to Jordan's songs. So I felt um, revigorated, really, um, right. learning so many of of Jen's songs because it's it's uh, and it's probably inspired me with my own music or with Echo songs as well because it's just she she sees songs differently than than I do and. Jordan sees songs differently than I do. So you, you got to take little bits of that. Um, so I, I feel really, definitely really lucky at this point in my career where I feel like I've had a, another branch to the tree, shall we say, with, with Jen because of, um, as I say, being in the lane with the JLB for so long, it's, it's amazing and refreshing to, to jump in head first into something like a Jen Wigmore tour, which was fucking amazing that was a yeah that was a great opportunity man i am super happy for you i'm gonna yeah, flip the question i'm gonna flip mm -hmm. the question a little bit um and we can if you want we can exclude jen because we know that's a highlight but or you, you don't have to exclude jen if you don't if you don't want to with this question but what has been one of the biggest highlights of your musical career uh to this point what's something you're super proud of uh that uh, you would like to share with the listening audience? I, th I think being able to travel, um, I'm a traveler by nature, I, I love it, but, but 
being able to have seen so much of the world because of of an ability of playing guitar i think that's really that's something that i i can't take for granted in any way i mean i've i've played in china i've played in dubai i've played in wow fucking some of the most random places in the world amazing places and um that's that side of it is such a highlight for me being able to tour is is fucking amazing i mean i've done I've, I've been really lucky i've been up for awards and and all that sort of stuff but that's all sort of fucking superfluous really it's the right it's the being able to like you know flying to fucking dubai and there's an audience there waiting for you you know it's fuck it's it's insane it's 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 fucking mad it's crazy like we had we had some success in italy with echo and we we did some shows in italy and i was just like it's fucking mad i'm in i'm in fucking bassano del grappa in tuscany in italy and there's fucking mad bastards here you know getting me to sign t-shirts and stuff because i'm playing oh, the guitar it's sweet. like it's fucking amazing you know that that side of things is is really special um and you know touring can be a grind and all that sort of stuff but like i it's, it has to be a yeah. highlight doesn't it? it has to be a highlight to say you've been all over oh absolutely man even in new zealand i'm really lucky with jordan because we we get to do really lengthy tours and go fucking everywhere in this country and um it's such a blast like you get in a van and away you go and um I guess being able to do that every year and, and many occasions going to the same places but people still come out and the shows sell out it's 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 fucking amazing you know um but i i'm definitely i'm the i'm it probably comes back to what i was talking about about, about not being technically trained that the studio side of things has never really meant a lot to me so i wouldn't right. be like davy or mark or anything who would uh have real amazing studio knowledge and get the same buzz out of out of music in the studio I, I, that was never for me i recording and i've got better as i've got older i do enjoy it and i do put my heart into it but it was always recording was just a fucking vehicle for people to know the songs for me to go out and play them live it the was live never, experience is what you yeah, wanted yeah, yeah yeah i would i mean Dude, like, I, I completely get that shit because yeah. as great as albums and records and Jen's records and, you know, I'm a big garbage fan. I, I love oh, it. Awesome. shit. Dude, Shirley Manson's my freaking idol. Love her. Wow. Um, Do you know of Goodbye, Mr. McKenzie? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. That was one of the, one of the first CDs I bought with my own money was The Rattler by um, oh, yeah. Goodbye, Mr. McKenzie. And I oh, saw them. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, Shirley's fucking awesome, man. I've been to yeah, quite a man. few garbage shows. But my point is I love buying their records. I love buying their albums, listening to their CDs. But there is nothing that can replicate that live experience. Yeah. The live shows, as great as those records are, they can't compare to listening to real talent live on stage. It just yeah. blows me away. So I definitely get that experience. You can't replicate that in the studio. And it's yeah, raw I, and it's I real. definitely exactly and i'm definitely in the camp where um you know as some bands get bigger the shows get bigger so they do less of them shall we say right. you know so you might you might find um you know the, some prominent bands in new zealand here might do 
five or six gigs a year because they're absolutely fucking massive gigs. But that would that would do my head in. That if I had five gigs to look forward to in a year, I would I would that would be like crazy, crazy right? worse. I'd give yeah. me the same amount of money and and spread the shows say, out. Look, you're gigging two hundred nights of the year, or here's the same amount of money you gigging ten nights a year. I'd be like fucking two hundred all day, every fucking day. You know, have guitar, we'll travel, see ya. Gone. Yeah, but <laughs> well, I'm sure the high from you know, and I and I don't experience that as a as a uh, horror writer uh the the closest thing i can get is a good book signing and i get a lot of people and i sign <laughs> a bunch of books but as a fan i can see it like when I've, I've been to a lot of concerts and i can when i'm really up close and can see the band and see the kind of and this is gonna sound cheesy like you said a few minutes ago you can see the light in their eyes just flicker yeah and yeah. like fucking dave man I love yeah. watching him at a gin show. Yeah, amazing. I, I, you know, my eyes gravitate to him a lot when I'm at a gin yeah. show because he's he commands. Amazing. Yeah, he commands yeah. your attention, and it's and, and compliments gin so well too. You know, it's oh it's yeah, fucking it's killer, man. And that that sort of shit is hard to find. You know, to to find your your person like that um, that person that that works and understands. Oh, yeah. Well, what there's you're a doing, funny especially story. Especially as a solo artist. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that when I when I talked to Dave during the podcast, uh, you know, uh, they're playing the Bowery Ballroom, and it's on YouTube. You can find it. I think it was Kill of the Night, and it was on our birthday. And she fucked up the opening, and it's yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know if you saw the video, but it was hilarious. I yeah. loved it. That's why I love live shows because that kind of shit happens. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. But that's. I mean, that's the. It's it's the old fucking musicians' cliches. You can rehearse all day and all night. It's when shit goes mad on stage, you, that's where you got to pivot, and you know that's where you um, earn your stripes, as they say. You know, yeah. And it's great. I love, I like, I love a warts and all gig. You know, it, it, like when it's too perfect and too rigid, it, it's it loses something for me. No, I, I love it. I love it. Like uh, Shirley Manson at uh, the Garbage Show in 2019, saw it in Atlanta. Um, it was Parade. The song was Parade. And they hadn't played that live in forever. And she forgot the fucking opening lyrics. And she was she kept doing this and this and this. And she walked over to Duke and put her head on his shoulder. And he was like, <laughs> he was whispering her. I said, okay. And then she went back and started it up again. So awesome. that kind of stuff I love, man. I love that yeah. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, Joe, man, I have had a fucking awesome time talking to you, and I'm cool, glad man. I finally got to meet you. I man. hope I, uh, I was wasn't waffling too much. Or, oh no, 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 no! The, I'm, the I'm Irish, the one that... Irish in me. I'm just sitting talking shit. Shit, man! <laughs> I fucking ramble all the time. I don't even know why I have a podcast, but uh, <laughs> it, it's awesome. fun. It, I do it because it's fun, and I love talking to people yeah, like you. It's cool, man. And I met Joe. Um, I kind of met Joe on our Jim Wigmore fan page. So. If you guys are interested in Jen Wigmore, we have a Jen Wigmore Bang Bang Baby Facebook fan page out there. Uh, right. You just have to a simple uh, entry question. It's not difficult, and you can join. But, Joe, I want to uh, give you a few minutes. I kind of want to leave you with the last words before I sign off. I want you to share with people where they can find you, uh, where they can pick up your music, if there's a location they can pick it up. Um, yep. Any social media leads that you can put out there, and I'll put everything in the links below in the podcast. So, going to be quiet and let you speak. Uh, yeah. So, Echo Park, spelled E K K O Park, Echo Park. So, you can find us on Insta or Facebook. Probably Insta is better. 
Um, all our music's on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, new EP was released maybe 10 days ago. Uh, um, new single. So that'll be up there. Um, and yeah, uh, you'll see me on the Gen fan page because I chat a lot on there. Um, Echo Joe, I think is my name. Or no, it's Joe Walsh just because it's Facebook. Yeah. Um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully see me um, back on stage with Jen in the not too distant future. Fingers crossed. That will be awesome. And uh, yeah, man. I already talked to my wife. We we were in serious discussions to try to make some of this tour you just got had in New Zealand, but logistically we couldn't make it work. So mm-hmm. if you guys get together again, we're going to try to make it work next time so we can fly oh, out there cool. and catch a few shows. So that will be a few amazing. Ameri- a few Americans came over um, for some of the shows. We got chatting to a couple that, that were on the fan page that came to the two last two shows in Lee. It was amazing. They'd come nice. over from Colorado or somewhere, I think. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I meet, meet people from the fan page in the U.S. Uh, at the shows, you know. They approach me and talk to me, and we talk about Jen. And I had a, another guy, a musician named Doug Worthen on the podcast. Met him at the uh, Pappy and Harriet show. So, oh, yeah. I love, love meeting musicians, man. Love yeah, meeting musicians. cool, man. Awesome. All right. Well, I am Charles Thank you so Campbell, much. author. Oh, you're welcome. I am Charles Campbell Author. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram under Charles Campbell Author. You can also find uh, Horror 421, the podcast, on Facebook. Uh, listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And I am so grateful to Joe. Thank you again Thank for you. coming on the show. We had an awesome time. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Horror 421. Horror 421. Backstage 421. The musicians only <laughs> podcast. I host too many damn podcasts. You guys have a good day. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Backstage 421, the musician's only podcast. Be sure to tune in for the next episode. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Listener support links can be found below. Thank you for your support.